go rebuild my church, which as you can see, is falling into ruins. These are the words spoken to St. Francis of Assisi from an image of Christ on the crucifix at San Damiano in 1205 AD. These same words inspired Peter Doan, the host of the program you're about to hear. Peter challenges all of us to rebuild, not the brick and mortars of our church buildings, but our personal faith and relationships that will rebuild and strengthen the church. Now here's today's program. Hi, I'm Peter Doan. And I'm Leslie Doan. And you're listening to the radio broadcast, Go Rebuild My Church. Each week in this broadcast, we will explore ways to put into practice the words spoken to St. Francis of Assisi by our Lord Jesus and how this theme is relevant as we seek to bring renewal to the church today. Our passion for renewal was ignited when we came home to the Catholic Church 13 years ago, and that's when we heard the call to rebuild and joined efforts with many other renewal movements within the church. And you can learn more about our journey home to the Catholic Church and our lay apostolate dedicated to renewal to the church by visiting our website at www.catholicdiscipleshipministries.org. And our prayer is through the ministry of this radio program and our lay apostolate, we can provide pathways for you as individuals, families, as well as your parishes to join the rebuilding process and experience renewal. If you're joining us for the first time, we're in the midst of a series that we believe is critical to the rebuilding and renewal of the American Catholic Church. So we welcome you. And we're just about coming toward the end of a series as we follow St. Paul and the central place that he played in establishing the first century church. Our series is the call to return to biblical Christianity. And as you mentioned, Leslie, we've been on an exciting journey into the Acts of the Apostles where we're rediscovering the characteristic that made those early believing Christians such a powerful force. And they were definitely powerful. Amen. Pulling together the scripture, excerpts from the catechism, the lives of our saints, and the teaching of the church, we are being challenged on how we too can start to live as those early believers did. Today, we are following St. Paul in this, the final chapter in the Acts of the Apostles. Wow, Leslie, Acts 28. This is getting exciting. We're almost to the end. Uh, We got here last week, and last week we discussed the harrowing experience St. Paul and his companions, that is St. Luke and Aristarchus, experienced in their sea voyage to Rome. And last week we asked ourselves, why would the Holy Spirit through St. Luke put such detail into this chapter concerning this dangerous journey? Are there lessons for us in rebuilding and renewing our Catholic faith in these verses? Mm Mm-hmm. And we did see that there are some lessons, aren't there? St. Paul exhibited seven powerful characteristics as he faced those storms. And we can translate those experiences into our own experiences because we all face storms, don't we? Yes, we're called to storms sometimes, aren't we? So let's see what the Lord may have had in mind through this chapter of sacred scripture. First of all... We learned that storms are used throughout Scripture to teach us about how to deal with the storms of life. The account of Jesus calming the storm that's recorded in Matthew, Mark, and Luke is a place where Jesus used a storm to teach his disciples to trust him in the midst of the trials and storms of life. So what we see in Acts 27 is another storm where St. Paul is modeling for us the keys to surviving adversity or 
quote unquote life storms. Right, Leslie. And we unpack seven characteristics that St. Paul models for us as he goes through these serious storms. I think it would be good to review them, Peter, because they were really, really good. So number one, we need to develop godly friendships that will support us throughout life storms. Paul was accompanied, the scripture told us, by his close associate, St. Luke, and also Aristarchus. Paul was not alone as he faced storms. And as I thought about that, Leslie, it's just not good to be alone in storms. And God calls us to have these relationships to support us. It's the body of Christ. That's right. Secondly, during storms, we're to maintain a good reputation with the outsiders. God used Paul's commitment to have a good reputation, including this Julius, who was the centurion, who it says treated Paul very kindly. Right. It really helped him, didn't it? Yeah. God gave St. Paul favor, and that was part and parcel for Paul surviving this storm. Thirdly, during storms, we need to learn to take care of ourselves. It's interesting that Julius gave Paul leave. In other words, he probably detached him from his chains so that he could be cared for. Even this powerful apostle in the midst of the storm needed and allowed himself to be cared for by his friends. And we've often said the importance of caring for yourself is critical so that we can care for others as as we walk through storms and others walk through storms around us. Fourthly, We need to recognize the signs of a coming storm and change course when needed. We saw in the midst of the storm, St. Paul used the cardinal virtue of prudence that is not opposed to faith. Uh, He knew that the sailing season was about to come to an end, and he warned those that were captaining the ship that it was not good to go forward. And you know what I thought about, Leslie? That we need to, in our calling, we need to... If we come across struggles, say, for instance, somebody's struggling in their marriage, we need to reach out to them rather than just ignore them, right? Right. Or even a family member. Say somebody's struggling with addiction. We need to be proactive like Paul was in the midst of the storm. Right. And just as St. Paul used his human reasoning, we too should use our God-given human reasoning during storms. Exactly. Number five, during storms, we need to learn to call on the name of Jesus for deliverance and to help in time of need. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, the scripture says, shall be saved. You know, one of the simplest prayers, Leslie, in scripture is Psalm 12, verse 1, where it simply says, help, O Lord. I know you had an experience where you simply cried out and had God intervene. Right. During the um, birth of our granddaughter, Haley, um, we were in the waiting family waiting room while our daughter was in labor. And all of a sudden, our other daughter-in-law came out, came running out, and informed us that our daughter was being rushed into have a cesarean section. We found out that she had experienced a severe obstetric emergency Um, she had a prolapsed um, umbilical cord which is potentially fatal and -hmm. it can result in the loss of oxygen to the baby's brain resulting in brain damage or even stillbirth and we just stood there in that waiting room and at that point all we could do is call out to the lord for help we didn't we didn't know what was going on right Mm -hmm. and we called out to the lord for help and Mm -hmm. thank the lord 
everything turned out fine, but it was a very tenuous moment. And so to speak, coincidentally, and it wasn't any coincidence, right next door where our daughter was experiencing that, the surgeon was right there so they could get her in there in like a minute and a half to get that taken care of. Right. Number six, Leslie, St. Paul shows us that we need to have courage in the face of the storm. At the heart of the message of God's kingdom is the call to courage. We see that right from the beginning when the angel Gabriel comes to both Zacharias and then also to Mary in his, his opening phrase is, do not be afraid. Here in these scriptures, St. Paul again hears that refrain, do not be afraid. And then finally, during storms, we need to pray for wisdom and divine guidance. When nobody on the ship knew what they should do, God gave Paul a word of prophecy, a word of wisdom, another cardinal virtue, and he gave them direction and everything they did survive. Right. He said, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Right. (laughs) Okay. Well, it's time for us to take a short break now. Thank you for that review, Peter. And when we return, we're going to come to the end of this wonderful book of the Acts of the Apostles. And we are going to discuss how this last chapter is not the end of the Holy Spirit's activities, but just the beginning. So please stay with us. You're listening to Go Rebuild My Church. This program is underwritten in part by Willie and Deborah Wood in memory of their parents, Woody and Joyce Wood, and Bill and Elsie Brooks. Catholic Radio Indy thanks the Wood family for their support. Alexa, what's the weather forecast for today? Alexa, what time is the Colts game today? Alexa, remind me to pick up the dry cleaning tomorrow. Has Alexa become a part of your daily routine? Then make sure that routine includes Alexa, play Catholic Radio Indy. Catholic Radio Indy. Quick, easy access to Catholic programming 24-7. Just say, Alexa, play Catholic Radio Indy. Catholic Radio Indy. Welcome back to our radio program, Go Rebuild My Church. In this series, we've been exploring the call to return to biblical Christianity, and we've been learning why the early Christians were described as those who have turned the world upside down. And certainly, Peter, the Apostle Paul was turning the world upside down, wasn't he? He certainly was. Well, we're discussing Acts chapter 28 today. And Peter, how do you see the importance of this chapter, and how does it relate to our overall theme? I would like to refer to this chapter as the Holy Spirit's grand finale in the Acts of the Apostles, recorded through his servant, St. Luke Leslie. Let's remind ourselves of some of the key ideas that we've been discussing throughout this whole series that the Acts of the Apostles has brought to us. And let's start with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the first key theme or idea, and he empowered the early believers to expand the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit, as we've learned, has been referenced 56 times in the Acts of the Apostles. That's a lot. Starting with Acts 1, Mm -hmm. verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's how it starts. Right. So St. Luke testified to the fact that it was the Holy Spirit who empowered the Christian community to live that transformed life and to go out and evangelize the world. 
He has performed many miracles through the apostles, right, that we've talked about, in order that their ministry was validated. And having recorded these miracles, St. Luke has encouraged us Christians who face opposition and persecution. Right, to rely on the Holy Spirit, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Right. So the second theme or key idea in the Acts is the apostles themselves. They were given the mission to proclaim Jesus Christ crucified and risen from the dead, and then to lead and serve serve the church that they were building. Yes, think of them. They're referred to as the foundation with Jesus being the chief cornerstone in the epistles. And before Jesus ascended into heaven, we remember he commissioned these apostles to continue his ministry from Jerusalem to the very ends of the earth. It says in scripture, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. And today we're going to see to the very ends of the earth. Therefore, Leslie, the main role entrusted to these apostles was to become the witnesses of Christ throughout the whole world. And as such, these apostles became effective witnesses for Christ by having undergone extreme torture, persecution, and martyrdom. And lastly, the last theme or key idea in the Acts is the church itself, which is the body of Christ. That's us. And we are here to ensure that the kerygma, the gospel of the kingdom of God is going to continue to spread throughout history. Yeah, that's right. So we the, have an important part to play. Yes, we do. The necessity of the apostles to establish those Christian communities as an entity, the church, was to carry out that mission that the Lord gave them since they could not really physically accomplish all of that that has to take place throughout history. So the church, as the body of Christ, was necessary to take that message to future generations until the end of time. Leslie, what St. Luke does in Acts 28, that I'm calling the grand finale, if you will, is given us an ongoing account of these three themes operating in the first generation of believers, waiting for the torch to be passed to the next generation, even down to our day today. So what happens in this chapter? So this brings us to the chapter at beginning of Acts 28, where we find ourselves, and it says, Once safely on shore, we, that's St. Luke writing, found out that the island was called Malta. And so began the Christian influence in Malta that has continued, believe it or not, down through the ages. In fact, today, it is the most religious nation in Europe. Believe it or not, 98% of the citizens in Malta are members of the Catholic that's, Church. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, exactly. So for Luke, there's nothing which can stop Paul from getting to Rome, right? We've seen Paul survive the assassination attempt in Jerusalem when he was there, a terrible storm and shipwreck, and hidden, and here possibly satanic dangers as he went onto this unknown island that was a pagan island. It was filled with unbelieving pagans. Right, he was bit by a viper. Yeah. Whatever the danger in Paul's life, we see God protected him and brought him because he wanted to bring him right to the center of the Roman Empire. Well, it looks like it's time for another short break. And when we return, we will discuss this last chapter in the book of Acts. And we're going to see how St. Luke placed those three major themes as a capstone and a challenge for us to continue these themes until the end of time. 
You're listening to Go Rebuild My Church. This program is underwritten in part by Willie and Deborah Wood in memory of their parents, Woody and Joyce Wood, and Bill and Elsie Brooks. Catholic Radio Indy thanks the Wood family for their support. Hi, I'm Patty Cochran. Are you a non-Catholic who listens to Catholic Radio? Would you like to find out more about how to join the Catholic Church? There's a program called RCIA that can introduce you to the Catholic faith, and it's available at your local parish. You don't have to make a commitment to participate in the program. Just try it out. I did, and it was one of the best steps I've ever made. Contact your local parish office for more information and start your journey home. Welcome back to our radio program, Go Rebuild My Church. Today, we are continuing our series, The Call to Rebuild the Church Here in America Through the Restoration of Biblical Christianity. In our last segment, we've arrived at the last chapter in the Acts of the Apostles, and we're reminded of the three major themes we've experienced throughout this journey through the book of Acts. And Leslie, these themes are so important because they not only leave off in the Acts of the Apostles, but they are to come down through the ages, right? That's right. So first of all, the first theme is the Holy Spirit, who empowered the early believers to expand the kingdom of God, and is sent to us, too, to empower us. Mm -hmm. Secondly, the apostles, who were given the mission to proclaim Jesus Christ crucified and risen from the dead, and to lead and serve the church, and we are blessed to have apostolic succession right. in our beloved Mother Church. Yeah, and again, to remind our listeners that in the epistles, we're reminded that the apostles are at the foundation of the Catholic Church. We need to look to them and look to their activities and what they said and did, right? And lastly, the last theme is the church itself. As the body of Christ, we are to ensure that the charisma, the gospel, and the kingdom of God would continue to be spread throughout history. So we have a job to do. So Peter, what can we learn from St. Paul as he ministered on this very small island of Malta for three months? Right. So St. Luke is recording for us this experience in Malta, and these themes that we're talking about, Leslie, pop up as they're working with the Maltese people. He records three months that St. Paul was here, and it continued to reinforce the fact that the church, then the theme of the Holy Spirit, the apostles, and the church is continuing on. And I'd like to make a couple of quotes of well-known both saints and popes that talked about this Malta experience that Paul had. In fact, interestingly enough, on Malta, it's a feast day on February 10th where they celebrate the feast of St. Paul's shipwreck. Isn't that interesting? February 10th of every year. That would be pretty exciting to be there for yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So first of all, let me refer to St. John Chrysostom in one of his homilies. It was homily 54. Let's say St. John Chrysostom was called the golden mouth. And the reason he was called that is because he so well articulated the faith and had such a gift of preaching, he got the nickname the golden mouth. Here's what he said. Observe how we nowhere find him, St. Paul, doing miracles for the sake of just doing them, but only upon emergencies. 
both during the storm when there was a cause he prophesied, but not for the sake of just prophesying. And here again, in the first instance, he lays down the brushwood, remember that, and a viper took hold of him, and nothing for vain display. So John Christensen is telling us, and it's an insight into miracles, Leslie, that miracles aren't for show. Most of the time, they're a response to God giving grace during an emergency. And I thought that was good insight that Christism had. Secondly, Christism goes on to say, and also this was permitted that they should both see, that's the, that's the unbelievers on Malta, the thing and utter the thought in order that when the result issued, in other words, Paul did not die when he got bit by the viper, there might be no misbelieving the miracle. Then he goes on to say the second major thing that happened on Malta, again, another hospitable man, Publius, who was like one of the key uh, tribal leaders on all the island, who was both rich and of great possessions, he had seen nothing but purely out of compassion for their misfortune. That's Paul and the 276 um, uh, folks on that ship. He received them and he took care of them so that he was worthy to receive kindnesses. Wherefore, Paul, as a requital for his receiving them, healed him that is his father his father was sick and saint paul healed him so when this was done others also in other words people from the whole island began to come and get healed which had diseases in that island and paul healed them all and all this is being done and winning over people who lived on malta as well as prisoners and soldiers on the ship yeah yeah uh-huh so that's the first quote that we have to look at about the importance of this time. Now we go to St. John Paul II, and he visited Malta in 2001. And this is what he said. The apostles' arrival on your shores was dramatic. St. Luke had told us of the stormy voyage and the helplessness of the crew and passengers as the ship went around and began to break up. And we have heard of their deliverance. Once we had come safely through, he quoted, we discovered that the island was called Malta. Now listen to what St. John Paul says. In God's providence, Malta was to receive the gospel in the earliest days of Christianity. That's one of the points that we're trying to make, that this apostolic kerygma is still happening even in this small space in Malta. And God used one of life's storms, a shipwreck, to bring about conversion on this island, which yeah, is exactly. amazing. So that's St. John Paul. And then finally, one of our favorites, uh, Benedict XVI, visited Malta in 2010. And this is what he said. He was uh, celebrating Mass, and it was on the feast day. And he said, our first reading at Mass today is one that I know uh, you love to hear, the account of Paul's shipwreck of Malta and his warm reception by the people here. Notice how the crew of the ship, in order to survive, were forced to throw overboard cargo, tackle, even the wheat that was their sustenance. He said Paul urged them to place their trust in God alone while the ship was tossed to and fro. He went on to say, we too must place our trust in him alone. It is tempting to think that today's advanced technology can answer all our needs and save us from the perils and dangers that beset us. The Pope said, but that's not so. 
At every moment of our lives, we depend entirely on God in whom we live and move and have our being. He ended up by saying to them, Leslie, only he can protect us from harm. Only he can guide us through the storms of life. And only he can bring us to safe haven as he did for St. Paul and his companions on the coast of Malta. Well, I think this story of Malta, uh, I've always just read it as a historical event. Yeah. But I am learning so much from it, Peter. It's really peeling away the layers of the onion to see what happened there. So again, we can see, listeners, that on this small island, there were these three dimensions being released upon the Maltese people. There was the power of the Holy Spirit. We see that with the miracles. Right. There was the apostolic proclamation of the kerygma, and we know that Paul was sharing about Jesus Christ crucified and his resurrection. And then we see the church being established, believers uh, being converted into a community of believers that is lasting until this day, the church. So these are the marks of God's activity when he visits a people group. That's pretty exciting. And like I said before, it's inspiring to see how the Lord used a traumatic event, a shipwreck, to bring about his powerful plan for the people of Malta. And I think this can also happen for us in our lives, that God can turn adversity for an opportunity for a gospel, for the gospel to be propagated. Right. Well, let's see, years ago when we were doing ministry in different college campuses, this reminds me of a story when God led us to a particular people group. We went to Vincennes University and did a Bible study there. And as we gathered with a group of students, there were 10 Chinese students that were there. This was when the communist Chinese first started sending their students to the United States. And Vincennes had been open to the Chinese that they would receive their students. We gathered in the Bible study. And as we began to study, one of the girls had to leave to use the restroom. And all of a sudden, we heard a scream out in the, uh, out in the hallway. Everybody ran out there, and there was a young man who attacked this girl. So we went to rescue the girl, and then this person began to attack me, who was rescuing the girl. We found out later that this young man was known on campus as a, uh, a warlock that was involved in the occult. So anyways, when he uh, came after me, all of a sudden, believe it or not, the Holy Spirit put him on the floor, and he couldn't get up. We went back into the meeting, and we talked about Jesus Christ, and that night, this people group, these 10 Chinese, eight of them gave their lives to Jesus Christ. We don't know what happened to them uh, in the future, but I think when we go to heaven, we might find that these Chinese Christians uh, went back to their country and did a great work. And when we came out of the meeting room, the young man who, who claimed to be a warlock was still on the floor. Yeah, exactly. He had mo- not moved. So that, that was, that was kind of, I felt like I was getting bit by a viper, but God delivered me and, and helped us that night. And again, there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on those Chinese young people. Okay. Well, Peter, could you pray for us now? Yes. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we thank you for the scripture today. We thank you for these themes in the Acts of the Apostles, the power of the Holy Spirit, the apostles, and the establishment of the church. We pray that we would be faithful to this legacy, that each one of us would know how to bring the Holy Spirit, 
bring the apostolic uh, truth and bring the importance of our Catholic Church faith to others. In Jesus' name we pray. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you so much, listeners, for joining us today as we seek to connect you as individuals, your families, and parishes to the rebuilding and renewal of the Catholic faith here in America. If you would like to hear our past programs, please visit catholicradioindy.org, and you can access all previous broadcasts through the podcast tab on the webpage, or you can download Catholic Radio Indy app from your app store and just listen 24-7. And if you have Alexa, all you have to say is, Alexa, play Catholic Radio Indy. And please make sure to become a regular listener of Catholic Radio Indy. Goodbye for now, and keep keep the the faith. faith. You've been listening to Go Rebuild My Church with Peter Doan. Podcasts of this program are available at www.catholicradioindy.org. You can hear the Holy Mass every day at 8 a.m. right here on Catholic Radio Indy, 105.7.